Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! 1500 ESPN's Beer Show is on the air. Presented in part by Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Now, alongside Mike Fratelloni, here's Chris Reavers. That's right, it's Thursday night, it's beer show night right here on 1500 ESPN online. You can always find us on 1500ESPN.com. My name is Chris Reavers, live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. He will be back with us again next Thursday night. Manny Hill is, of course, here. How are you, Manny? What up, brah? So uh, I have a question for you because you and I, while we work side by side together every single day, we lead basically two different lives from the standpoint of <laughs> you're a hip young guy that's you know you, you got the gal but you don't have any kids so you 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 get to have a social life i'm the opposite i used to be that guy uh-huh. um but now I've, I've got two kids you know i've got a wife that nags at, i'm sorry she's probably listening i should not say that <laughs> but i don't really have the social life so the, I, I wanted to get to this, and, and I wanted to ask Frat this question, too, because Frat's kind of a mixture of both of us. You know, he's got his two girls, but he's got various functions, and he's very heavily involved with different charities. So Mike's, Mike, Mike is involved in the nightlife uh, uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. There's a day coming up upon us in, in, in two days, and I want to get your opinion on St. Patrick's Day, because I know it's mm-hmm. it's labeled as... You know, the big social outing and, you know, glasses up and let's go out and have, I, you know this, I, I have a, I had a life previously in which I, I bartended and I, I did it all the way through college as, a, as an adult and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I hate St. Patrick's Day with such a deep, seething, bloody passion. I, I, I hate it so much because I've been on the other side of the bar. Yeah, where I'm dealing with Captain America, who drinks nothing but Bud Light his entire life. But this is the night he's going to drink Guinness and Jameson and be a hero. Yeah, he's and go he starts all out. at noon, and, and he by ain't ready for it by five thirty, you can't understand a word that's coming. And he out of thinks his mouth. he's ready for it, but yeah. he ain't ready for it. So, are you a big St. Patrick's Day going out style of guy, Manny Hill? You, you know what? I'm I'm really not, and I really never have been. Okay. And you know, and I, I I like my I like to indulge in my adult beverages once in a while, but I just don't. I it, my girlfriend Jenny and I we we're starting to realize as we you know I I turn thirty four next month and mm-hmm. she turns thirty four in uh, in August, and we're starting to realize as we get older even though we don't have kids yet yep we're starting to realize it, just going out and just getting mm-hmm, bombed mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just not it, it's just not that fun I mean if we're gonna consume alcohol we'll do it at home and 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 watch. TV, binge watch The Office or sure. something, you know? I mean, that's kind of what we do now. There's always those couple of nights throughout the course of the year in which it almost feels like there's this social stigma attached to it in which you better go out and be a part of the crowd or yeah. you're missing out. You know, the New Year's Eve, the the, the St. Patrick's Day, I'm, I'm missing other ones. But um, for me, I never minded bartending on, on New Year's Eve 
because it was festive. You were kind of hitting the reset button for the year. It was fun. Everybody was in a good mood. Yeah. You were kind of looking forward to midnight to, to to count down and everything else. Where, like I was mentioning, St. Patrick's Day it's is different. just a debacle the entire day. Yeah, I I just I don't. I mean, you know, her and I we every so often we like to go out on you know have a night on the town and everything. But yeah, it's just. It, it's too much as as we get older we just realize you know we'll, we'll we might go to a club or something and we'll look and we'll see you know two 23 year olds just you know partying it out and it's just like i don't want to do that anymore i'm tired what time is it it's 10 30 oh i'm tired we might want to go to bed now like <laughs> you know that we're kind of getting to that right. point even though we don't have any kids right now which is kind of funny but that being said i will say this i i the for a, a couple of different years uh, the last being uh, three years ago when I was in Chicago for the Big Ten basketball tournament, which just so happened to be on during St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and when they dye the 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 river green, and that's kind of fun. That 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 that's pretty cool. And yeah. you're and you're if and if the weather's nice, if it's frigid, then it's not nearly as fun because if you can be outside and enjoy it, then it's a bit of a different story. That being in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day is pretty cool. Yeah, because they really, really get involved in it and embrace it. But and then again, I don't. I've have always to, been. Yeah. I've always been pretty curious about that. I've I've been to Chicago one time in my life, and mm-hmm. I'd like to go more. But you know, I just never really had too many opportunities to do it. But the one thing I do enjoy about St. Patrick's Day is when you go to certain places and they'll give you the green beer. The green beer is oh, kind of yeah. cool. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's just be my you know a simple like Bud Light or whatever Coors Light, whatever. But it'll be green, and that's kind of cool, and that kind of adds to it. But the 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 big time partying and just going out and getting slammed, I just and, that's just that doesn't do it for me. And I hate to let you and everybody else in on a dirty little secret, but you know, I, I maybe I shouldn't even say this. I, I don't want to indict anybody, but you know that that green beer is the all right. What keg do we got to get rid of? Right, uh, right. That one? Oh okay, yeah, totally. diet green. Let's totally. go here. Totally. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although uh, a lot of places, and we can talk to the guys from Elevator here in the next segment about. You know, different because you really don't have to do any type of specialized promotion because th- they come to you. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like you got to go find. A, everybody just wants to go out and get bombed, basically, anyway. And and everybody associates Guinness and Jameson mm-hmm. with St. Patrick's Day. That's yeah. that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, I just thought, okay, I know I'm getting older and i'm kind of out of the game and you're more of a socially going out kind of a guy but uh, i I feel you though yeah i I, feel you i just and and it's the whole idea of being out with those kids and i'm just too old for this that's the thing it's the young kids man (laughs) like you and i were both listen to us well you're you're 40 now but i'm 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 not that's the thing i'm not that far behind you we're only i think we're only six or seven years apart so i mean i you know, I, I get it. You I know totally what? get it. It's a young man's game. It is a young man's game. Yes, it is. That, that's, I'm past my prime. That's Manny Hill. <laughs> my name is Chris Reavers. We're going to step aside for just a brief moment, and we're going to come back from uh, this break with our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. We're going to make our weekly beer run. It's going to be spectacular. If you are listening to us online at 1500ESPN.com, thank you so much. Also, don't forget to check us out on Podcast One, live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios. This, my friends, is The Beer Show. This is The Beer Show on 1500 ESPN. The only thing possibly more important than what beer you're drinking is where to get it from. It's a B-double-E-double-R-U-N. 
beer. Let's make a beer run with the guys from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. As 1500 ESPN's Beer Show now continues. Oh, hello there. It's time for the weekly beer run right here on The Beer Show on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, live inside of the DCL Broadcast Studios. And Tom is here representing Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits this evening. Folks, they are the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities at the corner of 42nd and Hiawatha in South Minneapolis and in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm Awesome. Awesome. Best time of the year for sports. Oh, you yeah. You got baseball brewing up, college oh, basketballs yeah. we've got on this beautiful TCL television set in here. It's fantastic. How's your bracket doing? Uh, well, Miami screwed me, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. See, I don't care. This is why when I do a bracket, I do the bracket yeah. online for the station, the 1500 ESPN Bracket Challenge. I don't do any for money anymore. Because I don't want to get mad when I see a really cool upset. You know, if I had done my research for the show that I usually do, I would have brought up the beer bracket. There's got to be a beer bracket out there, isn't well, there? Didn't we do one a couple I, years ago? I feel like we did. Yeah. It's just coming to mind now. We really should have thought about that. We could have done one again this year. <laughs> well, the reason I didn't do that research is because I was so confident tonight. Okay. Uh, Why are you had, so confident, sir? You know... I remember like it was yesterday when we were so excited uh, to get this beer that this brewery makes in in Minnesota, uh, you know, delivered to us. It was crazy. It was one of those kind of days where as a, a young retailer, you know, we can remember when we got like certain breweries to come in. And, and, and this is uh, one of those at the top of the list. Uh, we have Clark and Mike from Toppling Goliath here, uh, the owner, founder, and executive brewmaster from Toppling Goliath. Down one button there. Down one button. One the more. The one. red one. There we go. Sorry, I should have explained that to you before the break. So, Clark, you are the founder and owner of Toppling Goliath. Yes, I am. Hey, Tom. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I am Clark, of course, and I have Mike with me right on my right hand. He's been with the company since the beginning. So walk us through kind of the, the, the beginning stages and where you guys are at today. You know, it's fun. We both grew up in Northeast Iowa, and we both have a passion about beer. Um, we both have been in the beverage industry most of our adult life. So we hooked up back in late 2009, 2010, and thought, you know what, we're going to make some beers that we think are really going to excite Northeast Iowa because it's the type of beer that our distribution chain in the four-county area where we live Mm -hmm. would not bring to (laughs) our counties. And we thought, you know what, let's see if we can just make some beers. Uh, We we had a belief that our area really wanted some some nice hoppy beers and some beers that were cutting edge, and we, we put our chips out there. We built this company based on that premise, and we found out we were right, that people really would embrace something besides the uh, low-flavor low flavor macro yeah, lagers. You can't sure. get it. Brew it yourself. What city? Hey, exactly. What city in Northeast Iowa? Hey, thanks for asking. Decorah, Iowa. <laughs> oh, sure. It, beautiful place to come down to. Um, beautiful Not a bad bluff, drive bluff from the cities. You know, it's doable. Yeah, it's about two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, really nice drive. Stop in Rochester on on your way through. Not for too long, but just head on down. <laughs> you'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's a well, great drive. My uh, my in laws. My wife is from Iowa City, so I have in laws in both the Iowa City, the West Branch area, but also in the Waverly area. And I have always contended that you're missing out. And I know there's always the jokes between Minnesotans and Wisconsinites and Iowa. It, small town Iowa, or you know, is the 
best part of America. I I've, I firmly believe that it, it's got so much charm, so much character, and I love it. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, personally. You know that is cool. Really, the tri-state area is so near and dear to us. I've lived in small town Minnesota, small town Iowa, and small town Wisconsin. So we're right down in the tri-state area. Really, a cool place to live. The people are so down to earth in that area, and you you know you. It's just, it's God's country. So we, we all I, know it. Sorry, Tommy, to interrupt, but I always got to ask, when you got the itch, when you said, all right, beer is what it's going to be for me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm setting out on this mission, and this is my passion. This is what I, what was that moment, and what made you realize that beer was your path? You know, it, it really happened um, making a homebrew that we call Dorothy's, and had been thinking about putting a brew pub in Decora for, for some time. And made a homebrew called Dorothy's. And at the time, my brothers were drinking some really, really light, light lagers and light beers. And they had been tasting my homebrews. And they said, you know, Clark, your beers really suck. <laughs> and so That's what brothers are for, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the beers were hoppy and they had, they had different uh, wood exposures and, they, and, and different malt characteristics. So I made a beer called Dorothy's and my brothers actually liked it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to dust off this uh, a plan to put a brew pub in decor and start a microbrewery. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Mike came to me as well and thought, you know what? This mission is pretty good. I think I can enhance the mission. And he has. So we've been, we've been making fantastic hoppy beers, experimental beers, barrel-aged beers. We really push the envelope. And by the way, we make a great craft lager called Dorothy's. Nice. So, Mike, uh, when you when you joined, did you share the same sentiment as his brothers and that his beer did suck? Or no, not the case. <laughs> no, he was making good beer at that point. I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to crack open a can of beer. All right. We got to get this started. All right. There you go. Beer open, beer dry in here. We're getting thirsty, I guess. Hey, for the record, everybody, he cracked a Dorothy's. So for me, I actually first got interested in beer when I was a teenager. I was able to travel over to Germany as part of an exchange program. And I was fascinated by the different types and flavors of beers that I could experience over there. And I consider myself very fortunate that when I came back over to America, that I knew that beer was what I wanted to do. So I, I still have friends to this day that they're they're still trying to to figure out what they want to do. But for me, it, it just felt like a like a calling. Uh, beer is absolutely what I wanted to do. And when I crossed paths with Clark back in late two thousand nine, we just knew that we were like this two peas in a pod. Sure. Yeah, this, How long this were you in right Germany fit. for? I was actually over there uh, two different times, and I spent. Close to four months over there. Okay. Was the sole mission to learn more about the beer, the process, and everything else? Or did you... That was not the was, initial okay. objective. All no, right. it, was, it was to learn more uh, <laughs> about the German language, and sure. I found beer to be a lot more interesting. Well, yeah, he's a teenager, and, and he's appreciating... You can tell the difference here. So he's he's appreciating the different flavors and the, the brewing history of Germany. Mm-hmm. What were you doing with beer in, in your teenage years, Chris? Do you remember? Can you think back to that? <laughs> Trying to chuck empties out the back of my pickup truck? No, I'm totally joking. Uh, it, to be honest, right. I, you know, I, it took, as you know, it, it took me until I started doing this show to really gain an appreciation of yeah, how really good craft I mean, beer was. In this country, 
country, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but my experience was, you know, you start out with cheap beer. You start out with the, the adjunct uh, American light lagers and, and you're like, oh, I don't like this, but I like to have fun. And then, you know, hopefully uh, as time passes, you get a little more mature and, and, and start to get a palate. And, and, and that's what happened. You know, it, it, Germany had, you know, this 500 year head start on us as far as craft beer. So, um, but, you know, we're coming around to that and, and with just, you know, the local beers and every, you know, neighborhood having their styles and it's just exciting to kind of see that now i think for a new generation of of beer drinkers be the first beer that they they drink is going to be a a craft beer these days Mm -hmm. which is interesting and exciting and you you know you get guys like mike that get the bog and 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 create great uh craft breweries like toppling goliath and and, you know the future is is going to be interesting you know when you were introducing our guest topping Goliath, by the way is our guest here on the beer show courtesy of elevated beer wine and spirits when you were introducing them you know you i could get the sense that their introduction to you guys at elevated really stood out what what was that about them that stuck out that was because customers kept coming up to us and asking for pseudo sue okay they're driving us crazy like can we get the pseudo have you ever heard of pseudo sue so they make a beer and i'll let mike you know or clark talk about this but uh they make a beer called pseudo sue that just blew everybody over and i think it really was one of those those bowel weather beers that that signified that you know a, a change in, in in kind of the craft palette to these just hop forward beers it's a pale ale so it's not overly bitter but just a ton of hop flavor it was one of the first ones to do that really well and uh people have been crazy about it ever since and and uh I mean, I don't know. If, All right, add hey, to it, boys. I want to hear hey, more about Pseudo Sue because I have Tom, not had it yet. You're totally right. That Pseudo Sue is Chris's baby. Yeah. And as he was moving through our brew house and really finding where he had the reins and where he didn't, he found out that he had carte blanche to make whatever he wanted. Yeah. And so after a short phone call with me, just, just chit-chatting, he had a great idea. And, you know, I, I, I told him... you. You're you're the brewmaster. You're in charge. So I'll let him tell the story about the beer because it it's just a fantastic beer. I'll never forget trying it out of the fermenter and the bright tank and yeah, the first time that's cool. we served it. And I can talk more about the journey after he tells you how he made the beer and yeah. how it became. But yeah. did a heck of a job. Take it away, Mike. So yeah, I, w- I would say that talking about pseudo Sue that that is best answered. Um, by the both of us, so I'll, I'll end up kicking this back to back to Clark here. Um, so, pseudo Sue was first conceptualized based off of a beer that we were making since the beginning, which was known as Tsunami Pale, and that was a fun and interesting beer. And I wanted to do something about a, a fun and exciting hop that was up and coming. That was the that was the Citra hop, and so. I wanted to make that beer different, so it ended up being a pseudo Sioux, which is short for pseudo tsunami, because Clark encouraged me to just come up with a with a different beer entirely, and we put that on tap at the tap room, and the reception for the beer itself was excellent, but we had many people. Uh, experience, they had they had issues pronouncing the beer because we spelled Iowa. it pseudo T S U short for tsunami. That's mm-hmm. what I was getting at there. 
So Pesudo we actually Tissue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're exactly right, Tom. <laughs> so we actually that 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 name only lasted that way for that first ever batch of beer. Actually, I took a keg of that one home and I still have that keg collar to this day because we had oh, to change the awesome. name right after that. People yeah. had too many issues with it. Then we changed it to Pseudo Sue. That's where that's where the uh, dinosaur came into play. So we had to come up with a solution to the problem of people being able to pronounce the beer. Uh, Clark's mother's name is Sue, and Sue is also the name of the largest Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil that was ever found. So That's an interesting dynamic. What boy doesn't love dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> and what boy's mother isn't a dinosaur? I love them? that, though. That's <laughs> you know, cool. Don't mess with Sue. Right. <laughs> And so that, that's part of the introduction to the, the dinosaur itself and part of our partnership with the Field Museum, which everyone can find on, on the side of the can. And that'd be a good time to kick it back to Clark. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, one important thing we have done in this company is when we create a great recipe and a great name, and, and you can really, really get to feel our culture with our names and our graphics and our logos, but we, we take the time to trademark everything we do also. And so in this case, we made an, a, an interesting trademark for our pseudo Sue and our King Sue. Well, it turns out a well-known museum called the Field Museum also has a trademark for Sue. So we were able to learn that through their legal team and our legal team <laughs> that our trademarks were butting up against each other. Sure. And a, a long story short, we ended up with a synergy by meeting with the Field Museum and getting getting my team in with the Field Museum to say, you know what, let's have a great synergy. Let's have a partnership together. So in that case, we did bring a partnership together so we can promote not only our beer and the great beer that Michael and his team makes, but we're promoting beer history. Because if you go through mankind, no. you can find recipes from 4,000 years ago but it's well proven, and you can see it at the Field Museum, that mankind has been making beer for tens of thousands of years. So the Field Museum also, besides having a lot of artifacts, has 400 scientists and has a very important mission. So our mission with them, we, we did a partnership where you can actually go to the museum, find out the history of the earth and of brewing beer, and check out Sue and drink a pseudo Sue oh, at the same time at go. the Field Museum. So the partnership was, was just a, a fantastic uh, relationship we put together. A really exciting thing about it right now is Mike has been working with some of the scientists there using some botanicals. We'll be creating another beer for the Field Museum. Um, we, we can't say much more than that, but I can tell you in tasting the first test, test batch, it's going to get some attention. It, it's it's really good beer. This is a thing that we've kind of come across a few times, and it's a lot of fun to be creative with names and stuff. But mm -hmm. you know, doing the beer show, <clears throat> a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, we had this beer and we had this name, and then somebody else had it too. I mean, well, that's the question I always have: is well, what's left? Because right. there's so many different and so, so many cool and unique creative. There's people one that way to handle that, you know, with the lawyers and everyone walking away, you know, salty and and disappointed. Another way to handle that is to create synergy which is awesome that you guys were able to do that and and you know bring some attention to you know this this historical museum and and kind of you know play off of it for one another because you know why not you know i think that 
you know, being creative like that is 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 a great opportunity, uh, you know, to address some of those problems. Um, it's it's a it's a cool story that I'm glad they brought up here today. So I want to step aside for a quick moment, but come back with you guys um, because I have a, a few more things that I do want to ask you about. We're hanging out here, uh, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, with our friends from Toppling Goliath. We're on beer number two uh, for this particular segment. Do not touch that radio dial. We're about halfway home. This, my friends, is the Beer Show. I can get you buzzed. I can get you smiling. You're tuned in to the Beer Show. Yeah, I can fix them. On 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Beer Show right here on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com. We are in the middle of our weekly beer run, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You know what we didn't even mention, Tom, speaking of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits? You you, you work for those guys. I do. Uh, we never mentioned the tasting that will be featured as the we do every single week, the featured beer, beer show, tasting. show tasting. People are calling, tweeting at us. I know. What's the deal with the tasting? I'm getting hate mail because I didn't mention it in the Gosh, first segment. the phone is blowing up. So here's the deal. On Friday in White Bear Lake, excuse me, no, I already screwed it up. So we'll we'll don't worry, back. start just over, cut all of yep, that out. Yep. We'll just start. Okay, so on Friday in Minneapolis, we'll go from five to seven. All right, uh, with the full lineup from Toppling Goliath, and then on Saturday from one to three, mm-hmm. we'll be in White Bear Lake. Cool. So and he, here's the why these are cool. Tastings. Here's why these are cool because I, I've I've happened upon them. In the midst of a Friday late afternoon, early ah, evening, you know, nice. when I stop to get my supplies for the sure. weekend. But it's cool because you can go in, grab whatever you you want, but then also have the chance to to sample some really good locally produced craft beer and you yeah, get to do it for know, free. You know, I like from a number of different angles. One is for the newer person that maybe is getting into craft and, and they just they don't want to necessarily commit to something or they don't think they like hops or, or whatever their their hang up is. They can come in and try something and say, hey, you know, I like that. And, you know, maybe I'll have some of that with the stuff that I'm used to. The other side of that coin is maybe more um, seasoned beer drinkers coming in and trying a different style that they haven't had for a while. I had Dorothy's in the you know in the green room, and it's like, wow, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a style that I reach for you know every time, but it's good to kind of remember, hey, this you know this fills the you know checks the box you know for certain situations, and it's nice to just kind of keep your palate limber and, and try all these different kinds that they're coming out with because it's pretty good stuff. All right, so before we get back to our guest here, Toppling Goliath Brewery, by the way, is our guest here on the Beer Show. Let me ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot right in oh, front no. of them, by the way, but oh but seriously, because you have a really tough job at your uh, at your store and, and shelf space is limited and you've got to really select good quality product, which yeah. obviously these guys make because they're on your shelf. For sure. But what stands out uh, for them <clears throat> in, in, in terms of what you're looking for as the guy that's deciding what to put on your shelf. Well, we've never, I mean, the quality's always been top-notch. I mean, there's never really been a problem with that. I think, you know, these guys have a finger on the pulse, as I was saying. I mean, they really led the charge with, you know, hoppier kind of pails and and putting, you know, newer school hops like Citra, you know, and, and Mosaic in the forefront. Uh, I was just saying in the green room, um, you know how much I, how excited I am to have uh, their latest beer in cans, Pompeii, which is a mosaic IPA. Uh, I love that beer personally, and it's just so nice to have in the four pack format. So these guys are pushing that, and it's just it's easy to put it on my shelf when it's it's beer that I love and, and can and can you know freely suggest to people because I know they're going to get a good quality product. 
That's cool. So, yeah. Uh, excited, exciting news kind of coming up as far as that goes. Pompeii started in the bomber. So they do a lot of beers, I assume, that start in just, you know, the tap room. And it's like, hey, does this work? Does this not? Then they'll put them out in bombers and you know we can be lucky enough to get some of those and 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 then you know down the road uh, it sounds like we got some new cans coming as well which is really cool who so, wants to take the reins clark are you going to take the reins in the cans yeah hey tom's totally right about that we kick out a new beer it's really nice to serve it in our tap room and make sure that the brewers are present because people's eyes don't lie yeah and also the empty kegs don't lie. <laughs> sure. So we we know when we have a winner. So the great thing is with the mosaic hop, we spend a lot of time with that hop to really develop two really great beers. But I'll let Mike jump over and tell you how the transition is going to work because we have two exciting new beers. Let me ask you a quick question before. I do want to find out about the beers, but I do want to ask a question about when you're running because you know me, I'm I'm the idiot that just does the show. I don't know how the actual process works, but at the tap room, you know when you see it a good beer going, you know, people it's going through keg after keg after keg. Has there ever been a case where you've gone to production and it hasn't done as well? Or is that not ever really happened with you guys? Cause I'm always curious if something is just going really well in your tap room, but maybe not doesn't do so well commercially or vice versa. Or vice versa yeah. yeah. Well, this isn't going to kill a lot of time because the, Answer is never. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what I expected, but I always I always wonder because I never because I've gone to tap rooms and I've thought, well, this is great. And they're like, Yeah, but we don't want to we don't want to mass produce this. We want them to come to us to come get it. If that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, no, that's a that's that is a good question. We 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 do really watch that. And one thing about it, Chris, that a lot of people don't realize is when you do make a, a great beer, you may not be able to put that beer into production for maybe twelve to 24 months because if your primary ingredient is hops, especially a sought after hop, mm-hmm. you just can't go and get that hop. Okay. You, you, in you, those quantities. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to be patient and you're going to have to let your partners know that we developed this great beer. So over the next couple of years, we're going to up our contracts on those hops and we'll get you this beer. And so, it's also not a horrible thing too, to create and build that demand for that. Spe- no, you're, specific you're exactly beer. right. Yeah. So in, in one beer that, that is like that is our King Sioux. And so obviously our pseudo Sioux just goes to show how the country has a slobbering love affair with the Citra hop. <laughs> yeah. And we're thankful. Sorry, I'm guilty. <laughs> I love it. It's great. No, yeah. and, and we're so thankful for that. So what Mike did, he went ahead and, and, and grabbed the brew board and said, all right, we're going to make a double IPA with the Citra hop. It's not the same recipe as pseudo Sioux. This is a brand new recipe but the recipe is King Sioux. Mm. And so that that was such an exciting beer. And when we first came out with that beer, exactly yeah. to what I said, we couldn't cannibalize the hops that we already had earmarked for pseudo Sioux. Mm-hmm. But now we've grown that beer, and there's some exciting new things to happen in that beer. And I'll let, I'd let Mike tell you about how that beer is going to make its packaging transition this summer. All right, Mike, talk to me about this, because you got my attention. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this style of beer. Well, number one, Clark... Finally put that out there. He he coined the phrase slobbering love affair with Citra. <laughs> that is that's officially out there. You all heard it. Right. So all right. Thanks, Mike. That's, that's out of the way. Uh so King Sue. This last time that we that that we just put it out, that's gonna be the last time that we put it out in twenty two ounce bombers. And starting around summertime this year, we're actually gonna be able to put that beer into sixteen ounce cans, which we're cool. incredibly excited for. 
And it's not going to be just a release of King Sue. We're also going to be able to pair that with another fun beer, which is our Fire Skulls and Money. And Fire Skulls and Money is a beer that actually we developed on a beer trip. So there was a, there was a beer trip that we took to the West Coast, and that was Clark, myself, uh, Beer Murph, and <laughs> Clark's brother, Sam. And we all sat along the beach and we took an interesting road trip. There's a much longer story to this than I will dive into right now. Good, because we only have 14 minutes left in the show. <laughs> cool. You got it. So we conceptualized this recipe, and it's a, it's a beautiful beer that's brewed with Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, and Nelson Sauvin hops. And both of those beers will be making it into 16-ounce cans and four-pack format starting around summertime. Uh, the other the other thing that has been brought up to us is uh, is a question about what we put into our twenty two ounce twenty two ounce bombers, and what we do there is we do a rotational line primarily of IPAs, but we have some other other fun tricks up of our up our sleeves that'll be coming out this year as well, and we we do that to introduce those those beers to the marketplace and keep things fun and interesting and. The next two that are coming around the corner are going to be Sosis, which is a, a double version of Pompeii, so to speak. And we also have Scorpius Morcella, which is going to be, for the first time, released in 22-ounce bottles. Cool. Yeah, the Scorpius Morcella is something that is really fun for, for our our area and, and the tri-state area. So we've only ever made that beer once a year. Scorpius is a Southern Hemisphere constellation. And so Mike, Mike, actually Mike and my brother wrote this recipe. And so we use all Southern Hemisphere hops okay. in the beer. Morcella is a scientific name for the morale mushroom, which are, all of us in our company are crazy about hunting morale mushrooms. As a matter of fact, and this is a plug for recruitment, we have a morale mushroom day as a holiday in our company where we wow. all hunt morale mushrooms. Nobody's working today. We're going out for mushrooms. That's what, that's what we do. <laughs> so, so Mike wanted to come up with a beer that once a year we could drink on our morale mushroom holiday while we're hunting morales and oh, then afterwards cool. when we're cooking up the bounty. So the Scorpius Marcella is, is the beer that we welcome in morale mushroom season. So I want to get Very really cool. technical and really nerdy here because I'm always interested in finding out more about the process of, of the uh, of the industry. But you guys were mentioning you know the love affair with citrus-style hops. I'm always curious to know the answer to this question. Why, why aren't brewers, whether it's you guys or collectively working together, because I know there's a, a lot of collaborative efforts that are being done with a lot of different breweries, to almost organically create that style of citrusy hop for yourself. I mean, I know it comes down to cost and, you know, farmland and everything else, but I, I'm always wondering why, why, you know, whether it's you guys or maybe some of the bigger ones that are out there, why not create, since there's such a demand for it, why not go out and create that hop for yourself? You know, you're Chris, you're talking about a billion dollar industry that's controlled by a small number of companies sure. and, and the research billions of dollars of research that go into this and now everything is about if you develop a hop, trademarking that hop, licensing that hop, and you know what? You might be you 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 might be looking into the future. To, to find a way where brewers could put together a group such as right now, the hop growers have a group that does nothing but botanical research mm -hmm. and creates new hops for them. So, you know, you might be peering into the future where breweries get together, 
we develop our own research groups to find and build perfect hops for us and you know, give us those rhizomes. Because all I all I'm picturing, I'm I'm out in the Chaska Carver area, and I'm very near the Arboretum. So all I'm picturing is a, a space like that, where it's beautiful, it's it's picturesque, it's it's visited by a, a tourists all over the place, but it's just strictly hops. You know, I'm, I'm picturing something like that where people are really putting a conscious effort into into becoming the next uh, uh, trailblazer in that regard. Yeah. We're seeing a little bit of it here and there. I mean, you can do it at kind of a hobby. I sounded really smart, didn't I? I think, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Be careful. Rare chance that, <laughs> that happens. Uh, we actually have a community hop garden in the Longfellow neighborhood. That's oh. pretty cool. Uh, some home brewers got together and, and got a plot of land and, and planted some hops. It's pretty cool. I drive by it all the time. In the Longfellow neighborhood? Yeah. Really? Yeah, right cool. by our, our South Minneapolis store. And then we've had, you know, some hop farmers on here from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think that there is, you know, a lot of uh, expertise, you know, coming from the U of M as far as, you know, just in that botany. Or is that the right biology? I don't know what the even sure. right, um, terminology is. I think there, it's but, podiatry. Uh, no, that's feet. Uh, <laughs> that's you, doctor. Um I'm sorry, I'm so, getting this off no, subject. No, no, so, you know, it, it, it's a, th- a couple things I just wanted to add was that it, it takes a long time to get mature, profitable sure. hops, you know, in a space. And, yeah, you know, took what Clark says, you know, a lot of scientists and and, and uh, farmers are working on, you know, creating their own unique thing. And, and, you know, they're putting in the work for that. So, you know, they should be able to con- kind of control that intellectual property. But... Uh, you know the sky's the limit in the future, and and definitely with all these brewers pushing the envelope, they're they're driving the bus in, as right. far as like wh- what is going to be made next, and and so it'll be interesting to see. I'm just so excited about getting King Sue in, in cans, and this uh, the the uh, the moral mushroom beer. I got to get back to that real quick. Well, you're seeing we, a real big transition from have, to cans. We yeah. have a handful. I want to say we have. Three or four of these kind of specialty bombers in White Bear. I think we have a couple in in Minneapolis. We should have Fire Skulls and Money at both stores for the tasting, so you can grab those as well. Uh, Kind of your last chance to get that until the summer when the cans come out, which is just amazing. Uh, And um, so, you know, again, it's going to be uh, a free tasting. Um, It's going to be... Uh, educational as usual, and and so excited to you know to see this this brewery kind of again start to hit these next stages. It was again going back to the beginning. Can we get can we get pseudo Sue? Can we get pseudo Sue? And now we're kind of hitting their stride, and they're putting some of these great beers into four packs, and it's just a it's a boon for for the craft consumer. So let me ask you guys. Uh, maybe this is a two part question for both you, Clark, and you, Mike, but. Um, you mentioned, you know, Northeast Iowa. How, how does the the craft beer scene in Iowa relate to Minnesota? Are they one and the same? Are they a little bit different? I mean, as far as what what they're looking for, the consumers looking for, and styles of beer, or are they pretty much the same clientele? You know, we're as neighbors, we are really a lot alike. We can really see um, a lot of synergy between what's going on now in Northeast Iowa. I I do think um, South. East Minnesota was a little bit ahead of us because 
you know, some of our neighboring breweries up here in Minneapolis, St. Paul really got things going and that transferred down to Rochester. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. Those were the beers Mike and I were drinking Sure, because that's what we had. You know, it's that or Bush light. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, so we really do see a lot of synergies with that. Um, so our consumer is, is very, um, very similar in that consumer, their wheelhouse is they're not necessarily brand loyal. They're more quality loyal now. Okay. And so that's an interesting thing. And we're seeing the volume of beer they're drinking is going down, but, but they, they want a better beer. They're drinking a higher gravity beer. So they're being more responsible. It's funny you say that because I get this question from a lot of people, whether it's uh, people that are looking for new breweries or taverns, think people guess that we've had on the show or, you know, I'm going elevated. What should I try? It's funny when I hear from people that are trying to dip their toe in the water and get a start in this business. I the first thing I say is I say if you are not making great beer, stop whatever you're doing and make the beer great because you will die a slow death if you do not make great beer. No, you're you're exactly right. Um and and the way brewing is we're really in the golden age of beer right now. Oh yeah. Be, you know, before prohibition, brewing was really a neighborhood affair. And now, once again, it is a neighborhood affair. And if if you're just making average beer, guess what? The brewery down the street is going to eat your lunch. Mm-hmm. So you better focus on as make, much as they might uh, be rooting for you. They're going to take your business. They're going to eat your lunch. Yeah, because great great beer rules. We all know it. Mm-hmm. So for sure, uh, absolutely. Uh, I before we run out of time, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, anything else that we missed for you guys at Toppling Goliath Brewery that we uh, did not mention here on the beer show? Mike, you've been quiet way too long. Come on, man. you got to have something in the hopper here. Throw me a question. <laughs> well, you've only opened four cans of beer in, in uh, about 35 minutes. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> veteran. He's a veteran. <laughs> he is a seasoned veteran. Uh, so let's me- mention very quickly again then, Tom, uh, Friday from uh, 5 to 7 at the Minneapolis location and in White Bear Lake on Saturday from 1 until 3. And a lot of people are used it. to the 3 to 5 time, you but it's it. 1 until 3 on Saturday. No, yeah, sometimes we change it up. And, and so this is a great opportunity. Uh, like I said, I do want to mention that we are up for a City Pages Best Of Award. Whoa, City Pages is doing a best of? All yes, right. you may have heard of that. Uh, you know that we're uh, award winners with the Growler Mag, and we love those guys. But uh, yeah, if you're inclined and want to vote for the City Pages Award, That's cool. um, we'd be humbled and uh, happy to accept any votes you can give us there. So... Yeah, that's pretty cool, and 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 we're excited to have Toppling Goliath, you know, as the feature beer show tasting, you know, a beer uh, it could, that ha- has been a historical, like nerd out beer for us, and and, and continues to push the envelope and, and create uh, great beers that beer nerds, uh, you know, know and love and, and go after, and and now it's becoming more and more accessible to everybody, so it's just really exciting. Clark, Mike, hey, if uh, thanks, people want to reach out to you guys, find out more information, Tapper Mowers, where they can find your beer, all, all things like that, I'm assuming everything's online? It is tgbrews.com, and I, I'm really excited to be here with Tom and Chris and want to say, make the journey down to our new brewery. Yeah. It, it's worth it. We built a beautiful new production facility. Great tap room. We want to have you down. Come on down to Decora. Come for the beer. Stay for the town. 
You're really going to enjoy the time with us and in the town. I'm making my way to Iowa City Memorial Day weekend. I might have to make a pit stop. We have a red carpet. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> See, Manny Hill, that's the kind of respect I demand on this that's show. Right. Damn it. Uh, and awesome. deserve. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming in, guys. Really appreciate it. It was, it was great to meet you guys. Hey, thank you. We, pre- we appreciate it. We appreciate all the support we get from a great neighbor up here, and we're, we're glad to be a beer of choice in Minnesota. Awesome. Uh, and you guys are all over social media with your various tastings and previewing a great local beer. Yeah, you can find out the calendar at elevatedbws.com. Follow us online at your favorite social media, Elevated BWS for Minneapolis and Elevated WBL for White Bear Lake. And find out everything that's going on, including great beer like uh, Toppling Goliath. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Beer Show. And if you missed any portion of the program, you can always check out the podcast and you can find that online at 1500espn.com and also available now on podcast one go on there go online rate the show we'd love to hear any and all feedback mike fratelloni with fratelloni's ace Harbor and garden stores he will be back with us again next week my name is chris reavers we will make way for the dan levitard show he will join us here after the top of the hour break until next thursday night cheers